Men of honor, strength, and integrity have long been essential in society. The Honorable Man Podcast is a celebration of such men. Here, we will discuss men in history and those today that exemplify what it means to be an honorable man. Let's go. All right, let's go. I'm Ed Jones, and welcome to the Honorable Man Podcast, a podcast dedicated to men who've chosen the path of honor, strength, and integrity. If you're looking to become a better man, you've come to the right place. On this week's episode, we'll be talking about Medal of Honor recipient Alwyn Cash, Building Your Shit Hits the Fan Team, and 12, 12, 12 Health Tips for Men. I just made up a word there. 12, 12, 12 Health Tips for Men. To my right. The beautiful Baron Tim Hickey, brother. What is up, Ed Jones? Nothing. We are How are you? <laughs> not too bad. We are in the house and talking about another Medal of Honor recipient today. So those always um, excite me to hear their stories and stuff. And producer Bill on the fly over here, brother. Something pretty fly for a white guy. I, I, I am. I am. Uh, actually, I'm, I don't know. I'm more confused than AOC at a dish uh, disposal <laughs> convention. So disposal convention. I, I don't know. What the hell is going on? Hey, if you guys don't know this, like, <laughs> Bill makes this shit up each time. The funniest thing to me is how he trips over it every time. Know, yeah. he, he's so ready for it, and then he just fucks okay. it up. He's no, like, I just, that was just off the cuff. I don't we're, know. we're, like, always in mid-conversation before we start recording, and then Bill just drops one. I, I'm like, I like it. I like it. We I got, like I it. got a thing. I got a thing. Uh, sweating like a whore on nickel, nickel night. See, I fucked it up. <laughs> right? Yeah, I've yeah, said that a million times in my life, and I messed it up the one time I'm on the air. <laughs> oh, Performance right. anxiety. Oh, gee, yeah, what she said. Um, <laughs> don't spit on all that equipment. It's <laughs> <laughs> just expensive. Oh, boy. Tim, you got a quote for us? I do. I'm doing the job I was trained to do. I have to take care of my boys. That is from Medal of Honor recipient Alan Cash. Alwyn Crendel Cash, born July 13, 1970, uh, was a United States senior non-commissioned officer who was posthumous, posthumously awarded the Medal of Honor for Heroism in Iraq. On November 10, 2020, the United States Congress voted to upgrade Cash's initially awarded Silver Star to the Medal of Honor. So, Tim, help me with this. The Silver Star is... It's incredible to be awarded the Silver Star. So, what, what, how do you, how does one determine the different levels? Hmm. Is there any sort that of I'm not, I would have to look it up. I'm not I wonder, um, I was totally up, up on on that. But uh, okay. you know, the Silver Star and the the Navy Cross and the Medal of mm -hmm. Honor, those are um, the top three awards that that you can receive. So, um, anytime you hear anybody with um, even a Bronze Star, Bronze Star, right, Silver right. Star, you know they're they're just they've they've really done some shit that that stands out, and um, so they get recognized for it. So yeah, I'll look that up and get yeah, back we, to you. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be an interesting conversation just to mm -hmm. go over the um, the different criteria if there are any because we've done a lot of these guys, right? We've done a lot of Silver Star, Bronze Star, Medal of Honor, pr predominantly Medal of Honor guys. Mm -hmm. um, so anyways, on December 16th, 2021, more than 16 years after his death at age 35, Cash's widow, Tamara, accepted the Medal of Honor from President, I'm not going to say his name, at a ceremony commemorating <laughs> the actions of Cash and two fellow soldiers for their acts in separate battles. So Cash was born in Sanford, Florida, again on July 13th, uh, 1970. He was raised in Aviado, Florida, and attended Aviado High School, graduating in 1988. Cash enlisted in the U.S. Army following high school graduation, and as an infantryman, he deployed in support of the 1991 Gulf War. He was also deployed to former Yugoslavia, earning the Kosovo Campaign Medal. 
Prior to his assignment to 3rd Infantry Division, he deployed once again to Iraq in support of Operation Iraqi Freedom following the 2003 invasion. During his time in service, he also served as a drill sergeant. On the evening of October 17, 2005, Cash, a member of A Company, 1st Battalion, 5th 15th Infantry Regiment, 3rd Infantry Division, he managed to save the lives of six of his fellow soldiers after the Bradley fighting vehicle they were riding in struck an improvised explosive device. Despite suffering second and third degree burns over 72% of his body. Wow. He later succumbed to his injuries on November 8, 2005 at Brook Army Medical Center, Fort Sam Houston, Texas. He is survived by his wife and children. Cash is in, is interred at Restlawn Cemetery in Sanford, Florida. So, I mean, just just something we we heard time and time again. And uh, Tim, any any um, experiences with IEDs over there? Um, no, luckily, personally, I, I didn't. You know, I was there um, a little bit before those became a little bit more predominant. But um, as everybody knows, that in that's one of the most deadly things that that we were faced with in in both Afghanistan and in Iraq and um, unfortunately we've lost a lot of uh, good men and women to IEDs and uh, you know that's an extension of guerrilla warfare from the um, Vietnam War and it, it it's a, a tool that is very difficult to detect and um, avoid and uh, and we've taken a lot of casualties from them and it's a uh, so correct me if I'm wrong, but our standard issue Humvees were not strong enough or, or fabricated well enough to withstand those. So I, I actually worked at a local fabricator, and we won a piece of the MRAP um, business. We, we built the front bumpers for the MRAP, which were specifically designed, I believe, to withstand certain IED explosives. I, I believe they had a a V-shaped hull mm -hmm. to kind of offset the blast, uh, and they were significantly larger than the Humvee. Were, were, did yeah. you ever see an MRAP? Were you? Yeah, yeah. no, absolutely. And you know, and they started um, outfitting Hummers with with more armor mm -hmm. based on the IEDs and stuff like that. But um, their IEDs are also very unpredictable. So you know, one could have minimal impact, and one could. Um, be like a World Trade Center bombing type mm -hmm. of, of stuff. So it's, um, like I said, IEDs are a difficult subject in the military. Um, and uh, unfortunately, um, you know, Sergeant First Class Cash, uh, you know, he he sacrificed himself through um, through one of those IEDs. And mm. Yeah, I mean, the guy was burnt basically from head to toe, and, and, and those those injuries ended up taking his life. But it was... He was so heroic to yeah. continue to to try to save and and save his his fellow soldiers that were in the uh, in the Bradley vehicle there. Um, I mean, seventy two percent of your body. Yeah. And anybody that's ever been burned, it's in my opinion, it's the worst pain in the world. Now, I know second and third degrees, you don't necessarily feel it because the nerves, particularly with the third degrees, are, are they're gone, right? They're basically shot, incinerated. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, but the guy, the guy, you know, his sister told him <laughs> when he was going over, she said, uh, don't go over there playing a hero. Uh, you learn how to duck and come home. Um, and he said, I'm doing the job I was trained to do. I have to take care of my boys. Because he, he had some time in by then. I mean, yeah. he was 35 years old. Um, yeah, just, just again, 
every time we do one of these, it's inspiring. The, the heroic deeds that everyday normal guys do when faced with situations that most of us are lucky enough to never be in and, you know, can never fathom the pain and, and the sacrifice that these guys ultimately pay for, you know, doing their job and taking care of their boys. It's, it's tough. It's, it's, it's tough to, yeah. Like really like think about that. And we've touched on it on other episodes on how the military works. It's like your brothers become much more important to you than you are yourself. So, um, just, going back over there again and with that quote saying i have to take care of my boys um like he he lived that life and and very honorable honorable man and um and received the the highest award in our, our military because of it so um interesting note so he was planning on retiring after 20 years but as when he was laying in that texas hospital he actually changed his mind he was going to stay in and but he ended up succumbing to his injuries so here's a guy that's laying there, ultimately dies of those injuries, and he thinks, you know what, I'm going back for more. I'm not going to retire. I'm, I've got to continue to take care of my boys and do the job I was trained to do. Whew. Rough. All right, so um, shit, it's the Phantom, and we want a team. We want a team of people, like-minded individuals, people that bring various skill sets together so that we have a better chance of of uh, making it through whatever predicament we find ourselves in. Again, whether it's this power plant melting down just right over here that we're in the shadow of, or Hurricane Katrina, or Red Dawn scenario where, I don't know, what, what, group, is, what group is allowed to land in the movie Red Dawn now? Because it was... Was it Russians before? Uh, well, and then uh, we changed. It couldn't be Arabs. In the one with Saint Swayze, yeah, it was, was Russians. the Russians and Cubans. What was the new one? Yeah, oh, you know what? It was, it was supposed to be Chinese, but they changed, they changed it because yeah, the movie, they wanted to play that movie in China. Yeah, changed it to the Koreans. Oh, it was Koreans. Yeah, yeah right. So, mm -hmm. so I mean, the next time they make it, who it's going to be? Right. I mean, you don't really have to invade America. Crazy just Australians. just made make artificial inflation, jack the oh, gas prices sure. up, and yeah. you know, and, and and let a complete imbecile you know this country will um, never be destroyed from without it will be, be destroyed, destroyed within well we're just following the the bread and circus path of the roman empire sure. so bring it bring it on i say all right tim tell us what we should be looking for when we build our shit hits the fan team so billing your shit hits the fan team this comes to us from primal Sur primal survivor so um we will link that in the show notes but the survival community tends to idolize the lone wolf, the survivor who goes out alone in the wake of disaster. But the truth is that we humans have our strength in numbers. If you want to be truly prepared for a disaster, you need to build a survival group. The ideal survival group, ideally, your survival team will consist of four to seven adults who are physically fit, mentally tough, and able to contribute a valuable survival skill such as hunting or building shelters. In the real world, though, it is unlikely you'll be able to build such a team. Good luck finding a group of people without family members they'd like to take along who will likely be the weak links like children. It might not seem hard to find at least three people to fit this bill and build a survival team, but even finding three people is a lot harder than you'd think. So start with your family. Rather than trying to set up a group from scratch, start with the people who can all who you can already rely on and that is your family it's easier to train your family members in survival skills and to find all these skills in strangers not to mention build up the trust 
that would be required. So also a survival community team. The survival community is pretty large. There are people who you will actually meet up with at a bug out location. Ideally, you'll have enough people that you can form a self-sustaining community. Of course, this depends on land and the location that you have chosen for your bug out location. So a bug out location is, is just, a, hey, if shit hits the fan, this is where we're all meeting up. So select that area wisely. Um, one small tip in here that I wasn't aware of, but it can, if regarding land and what you would need, you would need 42 square meters for a family of four to 17 acres per person. So that that's to long-term survive off the land and that's quite a bit. So um, selecting this team is gonna become even more important because uh, not many are gonna have those options for the full sustainable land. Choosing members for your survival community. Ideally, each member of your survival community should have a skill to contribute. This doesn't mean that kids and other non-skilled members should be prohibited from joining. They can contribute by doing non-skilled tasks like cleaning up and weeding the garden. However, you should make sure that you have at least one team member to fill each of the following survival tasks. I say at least one member because it's possible that one team member won't make it to the location. What would you do, for example, if the only person with medical skills didn't arrive? So these are must-have skills your survival team members should fill. Number one, agriculture. Look for people who know skills like gardening, hydroponics, and aquaponics. Number two, hunting. Avoid recreational hunters. You need hunters who can actually gut and clean their kill. Number three, raising animals for food. Look for people who have the full spectrum of skills related to this, such as animal husbandry and veterinarian skills. Number four, foraging, both for food and medicinal plants. Number five, hey, these aren't numbered, so if I script these numbers now, don't hold that against me. <laughs> Medicine, this includes doctors, nurses, paramedics, EMTs, and first aiders. Number six, mechanics and engineering. For those things that break or you need to devise tools such as a water pump or solar energy systems. Number seven, defense and security. Military and military veterans are great for this. Number eight, mental toughness. Number nine, the ability to work together. Make sure that each member of the group knows what his or her responsibility will be. Have these discussions before disaster strikes. Mental toughness and the ability to work together. All of the survival skills, these last two are the most important. As for mental toughness, you need team members who are resilient in the face of disaster. The last thing you want is to waste precious time and energy calming down team members having a panic attack. Likewise, you need members who can work together, hence the word team. Even in non-stressful situations, it's easy for fights to break out. In a disaster, the stress and uncertainty can cause a lot of problems. That is why you need to put your team members to the test. And I'll cover a little bit of that team building here in just a second. Assign a leader. A lot of articles about building a survival team talk about assigning a leader. Having an assigned leader is a good idea, but you also must, must set up guidelines about how decisions will be made. You don't want other team members getting angry if they think the leader is making bad decisions or overstepping boundaries. So also, and finally, put these skills to the test. 
before we're in that situation. Once you've found some members of your survival team, you'll need to put the team to the test. The goal is to see how the team will work together or whether fights will break out. This doesn't necessarily mean doing disaster simulations, drills, and etc. although that might be a good idea. Here are some team building exercises you can do to see whether your group will be able to get along. Go to an escape room. Go camping. Hey, have you guys ever done an escape no, room? No, <laughs> Man, I, I went with a team of people that were not very skilled, and it, it definitely stood out. So um, that is an excellent team-building experience, mm. though, because you all got to participate. Take a wilderness survival course together. Have a paintball competition. Go rafting. Go on a Jeep treasure hunt. Do an obstacle course. Go rock climbing or abseiling. I don't even know what that is. What's abseiling? Anybody? <laughs> hey, Google. Um, play capture the flag. Play football. Take a wilderness first aid course together. Don't be surprised when a team member's real personality starts to show through. <laughs> After doing some of these activities, you might not want a certain person to be on your survival team anymore. So, um, like even in our Men of Honor Social Club, like I've, I've talked about, it, it's, we call them in the military morale building exercises, and and really that that's what they are. You go out and you whether bowling or an escape room or camping, you get to not only know the people better that you are putting on the survival team or in, in your circle that, that you would um, trust most in these situations, but you get to see how they react in, in different situations. Um, it, way different than people you hang out with at the bar where it's no stress and we're all kicking back and having a good time. Put the same people in a stressful situation and you, their true colors come out and, and then you can start to eliminate people um, in, into your survival team. So a lot of good information and again, there is a little bit more on that, that whole list, so we will link that in the show notes. But Definitely something to start thinking about um, long before we're faced with any situation is who who would you be rolling with it at that time? Yeah, oddly enough, my uh, fiance and I had a conversation about that this weekend because we're looking for homes and we're narrowing a couple down. <clears throat> and, um, you know, I, she's like, well, there's three people that actually absolutely would have to go with us. And I go, OK, well, who's that? And she told me, I said, interesting. And then um, what do you mean? Meaning what? <laughs> interesting. Like <laughs> they would have to, they would have to come and we would have to allow them into our. Off the shit. It's a fan. Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. And then <clears throat> she's like, well, what about, you know, who, who would you, you know, whatever. And I said, oddly enough, I've had a lot of conversations with a lot of friends about this. And, uh, and I told her. And she goes, what about so-and-so? And I said, no. <laughs> like, why? I go, they have absolutely nothing to contribute. I said, I know I really don't, and I'm going to be short for this world. I said, however, I, however, this individual has had a lot of time to prepare, to uh, make adjustments to uh, take advantage of educational opportunities and, and preparedness, and they haven't. It's, they've mocked and they've scoffed. I said, I love that person. But when it comes down to I am in charge of the, the family and that you are my responsibility, I'm not going to risk your life with someone who I love but is inept and has no value in that skill, in that, in that kind of a scenario. So I know that sounds harsh. I know that sounds like a big dickhead no, thing to no, say. I mean, that's, but, it, I mean, that's when, when you're talking about. If we're talking real life shit, it's a uh, fan. Those are decisions uh, that are going to have to be made. Right, exactly. Oh, you know, and, and a lot of, like, the properties we've been looking at, you know, like, 
having some land, having a, a fireplace or a wood-burning stove, having a well, having access to, a, you know, game and, and uh, things like that, having enough land that you can grow your own vegetables, everything that list said. So, but the, the important component is absolutely getting the right people and people you can trust and not having them be blabbermouths and so on and so forth. No, and, and it's very, very important. And you, you don't want to get into a situation where you all of a sudden have to carry more more of the load based on the people who you might you know have some personal connection or feelings for but in a survival situation you need to make sure you are keeping people in your group as your equal equal co- contributors and that does everybody brings something to the table but if they're not bringing something to the table they're not welcome and um, our one friend who used to own the, the big outdoor gun range here, people would say to him all the time, hey, if shit hits a fan, I know where I'm coming. And he would reply, he's like, good, because I know who I'll be shooting first. <laughs> so, yeah, but you know, it's, a, it's a sad reality. Um, and I don't know that people really put that much thought into it that when we have a complete societal breakdown, you're in survival mode. There's well, no rules. I, there's no laws. There, like, absolutely, that's... and that's the thing. Like people, <clears throat> I, I think they romanticize the I. You know, The Walking Dead made everything sexy, mm-hmm. but the reality of it is, when you look at the statistics historically, within ten days of any of these kind of scenarios happening, people revert to cannibalism, and and the the goal is to not to be those people. And to the be goal's not, the goal is to be not one of, to not be one of the people getting eaten. Well, my, my, <laughs> you want to be the yes. eater, but be the but eater, it's you're easy. you know you're in a if if things de evolve that badly, you a if those people have those don't have those skill sets make it to that point that may be another reconsideration. But um, it's just a whole other level of um, you know reality assaulting you and um in a, in a rule in a in a, yeah, a rule without law scenario or whatever the term is um uh without law scenario i have a 15 year old daughter and we have a big group of people that we think would probably go back mm-hmm. to one of our main fall fallback locations and if somebody looks at her cross they're, i'm shooting them right in the head yeah i'm not messing around there's no right. cops gonna stop me exactly. i mean if, if i get an uneasy feeling about you and my daughter or my wife you're done I, it's either I, you or me well that, and that's exactly the point i was trying to make to her once we're like i mean sort of now but once we're married like biblically certain morally certainly ethically my job is to protect you and my mm-hmm. job is to protect what we are we have and where you know I, I you talk the, about I, cannibalism. Rape starts like well, no. I mean that's exactly I mean, rape it. Raping, day pillaging, one, day two. And, and that's I what mean, I told her. I'm like, we if, look at Katrina. I mean, that's yeah, right. I mean, that's if you have stores, if you have things that you work to, the hardest job is going to be keeping that from people yeah. who are going to try to take your shit. No, and you don't want to have to be spending your time worrying about the guy on no. your right or right. left having your back and and keeping it up it's like holy shit i have to worry about me and my family i only want and again i relate all this to the military and when we talk about um even just today's quote like i have to take care of my boys the reason that um sergeant first class cash said that is because they would do the same thing for him and you need to have that mindset coming in where hey man if 
freaking our house is getting attacked for some reason and I'm having to fight at the north side of it, I need to know without question that Ed has the south side so I don't have to worry about more than one thing. Right. And um, so it's it's important in selecting that and, and um, you know, there's operators out there that have the most fancy gear and all this stuff. Just because they have all that stuff doesn't mean that they're the person you want hooking and jabbing if we hit that type of situation. Right. It's, so. it's all mental like yeah. anything you know all the knowledge in a bug out situation the you can the most amount of knowledge the most amount of things you can carry are, is weightless because it's all in your mind and it's all in the skills that you develop and i don't really think people have yeah i think of the road that's the first yeah, movie right. i right. think right. of when and you're talking you know you're talking about cannibals you're talking about being raped you're talking all these that you can look through recent history Recent third world country, Venezuela, you know, like uh, all these different uh, countries where this stuff has actually happened. And you can see, uh, like, Ed is exactly right. Rape, theft, murder, like all this stuff becomes a reality. And just to deal with that first wave... Tim's 100% right. Like, I don't, I don't want to worry if I'm there with my one friend that I've had many conversations with that if I'm not looking right at my wife and it's, there's a possibility something happening to her or vice versa with his wife, that neither of us wouldn't hesitate to take care of that situation. Right. So it's, it's yeah, I mean, you know. Yeah, no. yeah, you're right. People, people romanticize it. Hollywood romanticizes it to a right. degree. Um, yeah, you know, we, I, we all become controlled savages at that point. Oh, you know, yeah, civilization like these, has you know, no civil part Tim, you said it, anymore. You said it best. You, you, you said you will do unspeakable things to protect your children and oh, your family. Yeah, and it's absolutely. Like, absolutely. And, 100%. All right, moving on to something a little more uh, <laughs> lighthearted. <laughs> Here's some uh, uh, health tips for you guys out there listening. Um, health tips for men and all those who love them. Or maybe these are more facts than tips, but skin cancer can affect anyone who spends a great amount of time outside. Wear sunscreen. Even cold, cloudy days won't keep you safe from the sun's UV rays. I think we all know that. Depression. Men are far less likely to seek help for depression than women, and they are four times more likely to commit suicide. And, and we were even talking about that briefly last episode because men, we have this, I think Tim is the one who said it, this lone wolf mentality and what i've learned going through the things i've gone through in my life like you're weak if you don't get help it's the the it's the stoicism has been misinterpreted Abs yes absolutely you know, the uh the guy who quietly the john wayne type um well, hell, Again, Hollywood romantic. Clint Eastwood, the man with yeah. no name stallone i mean i love seeing stallone but like rambo's a, a fiction, fiction purely fiction mm -hmm. Cardiovascular disease and other related heart problems are the number one killer of men in America. However, they can be controlled with diet and exercise, like most things. <clears throat> Erectile dysfunction. ED can be caused by heart disease, diabetes, certain medications, lifestyles, or other problems. Testicular cancer is the most common form of cancer for men between the ages of 20 and 35, but can occur anytime after the age of 15. Testosterone. Testosterone decreases as you get older. This can lead to erectile dysfunction, depression, and fatigue. Have you guys ever had your testosterone tested? Yeah, I was yeah. I was within range, but I was I was lower than I thought I would be. 
I'm very virile. He had one before my kidney transplant. You guys That's pretty I, good. I haven't. I just, for some reason, I keep getting um, a lot of ads on it. And, like, I've been dealing with fatigue, and that's one of the Joe the Rogan reasons. swears by TRT. He says, you know, he's 54 years old, and he says it's it's natural, I guess. And, you know, he feels like he has the energy level of a 20-year-old. Um, the same thing. He started to feel run down. Um, and there's some markers. I don't know what they are exactly, but. You know, have you guys taken any of that stuff? No, I've never it? taken no, I, I, would I haven't had to. I, I was right. within range. They, right. they wouldn't give it to me. I will um, say this, though, uh, and these are conversations I've had with some of my dude friends, obviously, once I tell you. Uh, guys that have had vasectomies, their yeah, testosterone level, <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, you know, that's that. so that might be something that if you're struggling with that, like, you know, because in order to protect your family, you're going to need that. <laughs> that's well, as yeah. as we are sitting here, just for show purposes, I'm going to order one of these tests and follow up with you guys. Okay. Awesome. Right. Awesome. Good content. Wait. Prostate cancer. Approximately 30,000 men die from prostate cancer each year. All men should consider a baseline PSA blood test at age 40. So the next time you guys go in for a physical, make sure you get a PSA test. It's, it's when they pull blood, they can do it. Um, diabetes. Diabetes can remain undetected for years. Men with diabetes are more likely to suffer from heart disease, ED, stroke, kidney disease, and vision problems. <laughs> so if you have erectile dysfunction, there's there's... It's not just your your uh, tallywhacker. That's there's something else going on. There's, well, I can tell you, I I go. didn't know I had diabetes. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about. No, I mean it's a serious story. I'm, I'm going to be transparent. I didn't know I was diabetic, mm. and I started seeing stuff floating around my eye. Mm. <clears throat> I was 26, 27 when I my first marriage. I literally was by five months just got married, and uh, went to go to my uh, eye doctor. And the funny thing is a year before that I had just gotten glasses and they're like, yeah, you're, you know, you're great. Just wear these at night, you know? And, and, uh, so the doctor uh, sitting in the chair, looking in my eyes and those things, yeah, right. and he shoots back in his, in, and he grabs my arm and he pulls me into his office. I'm like, this isn't normal. I'm assuming. It's not good. And he goes, you, he goes, I've been an optometrist for over 30 years. You have the worst eyes I've ever seen in my life. My Are you looking in your good eye or your bad eye. Well, they were both functioning at that time. Oh, okay, gotcha. This was about 18 years ago. And so, long story short, I didn't know it, but I was diabetic. And there was a history that ran through it in my mom's side of the family. Uh, so, it, it's, and once again, these are one of these guy things. You know, Mr. Willie, stop saluting. If you're seeing stuff floating in your eye, please. Mr. Willie, You know, and, and, and even that, I believe, long term, that. Uh, didn't help anything with having to get a kidney transplant. Uh, fortunately, I do do the best I can to take care of myself now to steward the gifts I've been given and to prolong the, 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 the site I do have. However, it really is no laughing matter. You don't want to go through what I've gone through. It, it's not fun. It puts an emotional strain on you. It puts an emotional taxation on your family and the people that love you. And then, like with me, like I, I legally can't drive, so I either got an Uber everywhere or I rely on the goodness of my friends uh, to, to take me places. So uh, that's a that's a, such a pervasive thing, especially with a lot of guys, because the shit that we eat, we don't take care of ourselves. And, and most guys, it's like getting mental help until it's way too late. Do right. you ever consider it? Um, is that why you lost eyesight is because of diabetes? Or? Yeah, that was the major contributing yeah. factor, because what happened, my eyes were hemorrhaging. And uh, to, to, so I've had like over three dozen laser eyes. I mean, I've had. 
oh, easily over 50 or 60 surgeries. I lost count after 40 some, but um, I had like over three dozen laser eye surgeries and they cauterized the wounds and the bleeding. They finally got it to a controllable level. However, what happened, as you know, whenever you have a slice or a cut or anything, scar tissue develops. In the eye, it's such a small area that there isn't a lot of room to play. Scar tissue attached to both of my retina and detached them both. I've had four vitrectomies, which is basically when your retina becomes detached. Uh, and now they're they're super successful and they have it dialed in. But this was like 16 years ago, and it was still kind of in, in the learning phase. And um, my I had two on my left eye. Fortunately, it's um, I'm like 2050 ish. In my left, but in my right eye, they tried a new procedure instead of. Uh, so what happened was it's kind of like a level. They filled my eye with um, air, and I had to for uh, a year of my life I had to lay for each eye, for each operation. So I'm sorry for six months. So for a year of my life, because I had it on my left eye, the first one didn't take. They had to redo it. I had to lay down like a level and be straight so that air bubble would float the retina back into place. They tried that once with the right eye. That didn't work. So they had an experiment where they filled it with oil and the oil was supposed to just push the, uh, uh, the, the retina in place. But the problem was, is that, um, it didn't take, and it was an experimental kind of a thing and it didn't work. So that's why I completely have uh, no vision in my right eye, but that's ultimately the first uh, sign, the first uh, signal, and then everything, you know, uh, thank God Mr. Willie still salutes, but, um, you know, anyway. Lung cancer is the number one cancer killer of men in America, but is most com- is almost completely preventable through healthy lifestyle changes. Here's something that we don't think about with men. Osteoporosis, or loss of bone density, does not only affect women. If left untreated, this can lead to broken bones and permanent disability or death. Colorectal cancer can be treated if caught early. It can be attributed to a diet high in fat and low in fiber. So I think it's after you turn 50, you're supposed to go in for a colonoscopy. I went and got mine done. And the cool thing is now they tell you you're clear for 10 years. Come back in 10 years. I think they actually just lowered that age to 45, but... Is it 45? Just I request one every time I go in, and you know, <laughs> my dentist says, I'm not trained in that. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh boy. Benign prosthetic hyperplasia, also known as an enlarged prostate, is common among aging men. Half of men between the ages of 50 and 60 will develop it, and about 90% of men age 70 and 80. 70 or 280. Um, yeah, so the prostate, guys. We're all going to have problems with our prostate as we get older, but as luckily for us, it's the most treatable. Even prostate cancer is completely treatable. You can live with it forever. Uh, they say most, almost every guy that they do an autopsy on after the age of 70 has some form of prostate cancer. It's just something you it usually goes undetected. Uh, and worst case scenarios, they can remove it. Um, but that that will definitely give you ED. You're not going to uh, be able to function very well with uh, no prostate from from what I'm told. Ben Stiller actually had his prostate removed. <laughs> He's married to a fine fine chick. I wonder if she uh, hung around or whatever. Um, so that was 12 health, health tips for men or health kind of uh, issues, maybe things to, to uh, uh, spark some sort of um, thoughts for your next uh, um, physicals and things like that, guys. So Again, we say it all the time. You got to take care of yourselves. Guys that are listening to this podcast are like-minded, and we need we need to take care of ourselves. So we're here to fight the good fight if and when that uh, good fight comes to our door. 
Um, as always, Tim is going to give us a man of dishonor in the news. So, Tim, take it away. Hey, back-to-back episodes with a Florida man. This one, <laughs> this one is uh, Lehigh Acres. Hey, if, is that like, his name? No, no, oh. that's a city oh. in Florida. But I'm like, wow. You know, you can literally go on, and I saw it on Facebook. It's like Google Florida man and your birthday. <laughs> and post like yeah. it's always something down there. I don't know what's going on. Anyway, naked man <laughs> humps Lehigh Acres tree before punching deputy in the face. <laughs> <laughs> this one comes to us from NBC2 News out of Florida. A man is accused of wandering naked around Lehigh Acres and pounding on doors on Arthur Avenue, according to Lee County Sheriff's Office. Alonzo Sanchez, 21, was allegedly high on drugs when deputies found him hugging and hip-thrusting a tree. Before they arrived on scene, a car had to swerve from hitting Sanchez as he ran into the street. <laughs> when deputies tried to apprehend him, Sanchez punched one of them in the face. Deputies finally handcuffed him and took him to Lehigh Acres Regional Hospital because of the drugs in his system. Sanchez is facing a charge for battery on a law enforcement officer. He was booked into Lee County Jail and is still in custody. There is no word on the tree. So it's not a crime to <laughs> hump, a, hump tree. a tree in Florida? Uh, well, they, huh. hug, they hug them all over the country, but mm. they're really... They're all the dirty Sanchez. <laughs> hey, so, uh, man, drugs are drugs are bad, okay? So, yeah. Like Rick if, said, cocaine's a hell of a drug. Yeah, if you're going to get high and wander around the streets, leave the trees alone, man. So my wife sent me a joke today via text. A man boarded an airplane and took his seat. As he settled in, he glanced up and saw the most beautiful woman boarding the plane. He soon realized she was heading straight towards his seat. As fate would have it, she took the seat right beside his. Eager to strike up a conversation, he blur blurted out, business trip or pleasure? She turned, smiled, and said, business. I'm going to the annual Nymphomaniacs of America convention in Boston. He swallowed hard. Here was the most <laughs> gorgeous woman he had ever seen sitting next to him, and she was going to a meeting of Nymphomaniacs. Struggling to remain his composure, he calmly asked, What's your business at the convention? Lecturer, she responded. I use information that I have learned from my personal experiences to debunk some of the popular myths about sexuality. Really, he said, and what kind of myths are those? Well, she explained, one popular myth is that African-American men are the most well-endowed of all men, when in fact it is the Native American Indian who is most likely to possess that trait. Another popular myth is that Frenchmen are the best lovers when actually it's men of Mexican descent who are the best. I have also discovered that the lover with the absolutely best stamina is the southern redneck. Suddenly the woman became a little uncomfortable and blushed. I'm sorry. She said, I shouldn't really be discussing all this with you. I don't even know your, your name. Tonto, he said. Tonto Gonzalez, but my friends call me Bubba. <laughs> All right, so this week's call to action is to do your job, uh, just like Alwyn Al Cash did. Uh, he did the job he was trained to do. He took care of his boys and ended up costing him his life. But, um, you know, that's, that's what we as men need to do. We need to do our job. Our job is to, to steal from Ryan Mickler and the Order of Man podcast is to protect, pres provide, and preside. Protect our family, provide for our family, preside over our family, and in our communities, too. Um, that's our job as men, as honorable men. Um, so let's do our job. That's the job that men are intended to do in, in the, 
in this country, particularly. Um, so do your job. Guys, any thoughts on that? No, it's um, stand up and, and be a man, but you, you can't do those things. Um, it's not as simple as just saying, hey, I'm going to go do my job. you got to put all the work that goes into leading right. you towards that and, and to be the strong one that, that people rely on and, and also cultivate those friendships with your brothers. Um, so you have that, I, I have to take care of my boys mentality and cultivate the right people in your circle so that if we ever do get into scenarios where the entire society relies on us directly, um, for survival that we're able to meet that challenge. So that's my call to action. Do your job, be a man out there in this world. And you know, I say that's, that's the job of men in this country. And I mean that specifically because this country is different. It was founded by different men. It was developed by different men. Americans have a, American men have a sense of can do spirit, adventurism. You know, it's why Bob Seger and Bruce Springsteen songs before he went total cuck. You know, that's why those songs resonated in the heart of men. My, my wife would never understand why I liked Bruce Springsteen, particularly um, uh, Thunder Road and songs like that. It's because they, they speak to the man's wanderlust and the want of adventure. And that's what it means to be an American man. That's not Spain. That's not France. That's not Italy. Those, and they're significantly older cultures than us. Um, but the, the American man who settled the West who came to this country and settled a wilderness, who fought the Indians and fought for everything that they have, who eventually settled the West, who went to the moon, who became the only superpower in the world. That's what the American man is. It's, it's not these betas and these, these, these weak men that you see, um, frankly, leading our country today. And it's, it's, yeah. it's a shame, but we all have the power to lead within our own sphere of influence, and that's what we need to do. We need to do our job as American men. And eventually, if the time comes where we have to take the power back, that's, we'll do that too. Rest assured, that will happen. We will do that. I look at Theodore Roosevelt, who's one of my favorite presidents, and the idea of rugged individualism, rugged you know, the, individualism. the, the, uh, the, the whole idea of like with our podcast flawedcast like our motto is get in the arena which is based off his man in the arena speech and what in being an author of a book for men selfish or plug um you know in my book I, there's 13 different qualities like i talk about that are just gone by the wayside that I, and I'll, I'll tell you this when the time I was divorced till the time I finally met my fiance, like it was just bred within me to open doors, to give flowers, to pick up tabs, things like that. Almost every girl I ever gone out with was like, I never had a do dude open a door for me. I never had someone give me flowers. I've never, you know, the, and <clears throat> excuse me, those might be my new, but it's just, it's a looking at a larger chasm of a problem, and quite frankly, I you know I wonder if the generations beneath our diminishing generation has the intestinal fortitude and the personal integrity to carry out these missions that you guys are talking about in in the sense of a macro versus a micro level. And I, I really do worry about that, but I, I would say that if I'm doing what I know is right to do and you're Ed, doing what you know is right to do, and Tim, you know you're doing what's right to do, 
collectively we are having one another's back. We are building that brotherhood mm-hmm. because I know that your children are going to be children of integrity that are trustworthy. And the relationships, the marriages, the friendships that you have are as far as you're concerned, going to be built on those kind of things. And and likewise, and I think that, you know, everyone wants to talk about making a difference on a national level. If, if you can't make an impact in your backyard, you're not going to make an impact on a national or global level. Exactly right. Exactly right. And, and I can just tell you that really, what does it, even with my book, like, what does it matter if like millions of people read it, but no one's hearts changed versus the handful of people that I've heard from who really have taken a lot out of it and really impacted their lives that I know they're going to do something better with. So I think there's this paradigm shift that needs to occur that quality far surpasses quantity. And, uh, and I don't want to keep babbling on, but I, you know, that's just something to think about. I completely agree. And I, I just had this conversation where, um, the goal should be to inspire, inspire others, inspire others around you, be lead by example, be a man that someone could look to and want to emulate, Mm -hmm. not to be somebody that's looked at to rely upon you to do something for them and to take up these battles. So go out and be the man, be the example and others, everything else will fall in line. The right people will start being, um, falling in line too. But you have to also be very careful just because you put your hand down to lift somebody up. doesn't mean all of a sudden that they don't have legs and they have to stand on their own too. So don't be one of those people. I, you know, it's funny you say, I was watching something with Chaz Palminteri. I don't know if either of you guys know who he is but he he wrote a one-man play called a bronx tale and it became a movie robert de niro before he went all woke uh oh cuck like like brucey boy over there um but that's one of my favorite movies of all time and you know he was saying that you can't pull somebody up that doesn't want to get pulled up no matter how hard you try You can invest time, money, resources. You can beg them. You can plead. But if they don't want to take your hand or anyone's hand and step up and become better, they can't. However, however, the opposite is true. They can bring you down Mm -hmm. to their level. They can have you squander your talent and your time and your resources. Mm -hmm. So you absolutely have to have a fine balance of trying to be altruistic and loving as possible. But, uh, you know, being wise, like the scriptures say, be wise as a serpent and gentle as a dove. And I I think you're right, Tim. I think you're going to attract what you put out. And I think you're going to reap what you sow. And it's going to be very obvious to you who isn't worthwhile, you know, loyalty attracts loyalty. And I've had people ask me after read my book, well, how, you, know, you talk about loyalty, you have a whole chapter about it. How do you, how do you tell? And I said, honestly, the best way I, and I write this in the book, the only way I know how to tell someone's going to be disloyal is if they stab you in the back. But that's a lesson you learn and you move forward in your life and you hopefully become a little smarter. You start to pick up some signs on it. Yeah, and people give um, signs. like, I, I think, uh, my wife might have been the one who said it. She's like, I'm the most 
sensitive, insensitive person she's ever, ever met, but I am sensitive to, to some of those things. And, um, it's, do you, do you build your friends up behind their back or do you take shots at them? Like little things like that. You can start to identify not everybody who smiles at you or is in your boat is rowing. Like that's for sure. And, um, so it's being able to try to identify some of those things before you get into a scenario where it's too late. And an easy way to judge yourself because you can't control others. An easy way to judge yourself and something I desperately try to do is I wouldn't say anything to Tim or Ed if like if I, if it was just Ed and I, I wouldn't say anything to Tim in his absence that I wouldn't say if he's yeah, present. Not everybody is like and, that. And, that, that and, and even if it's a too. hard thing because no, yeah. even if I got to say, "Hey dude, listen, I love you enough to say A, B, and C." Mm-hmm. Like you know, the, once again, the scriptures say the truth is like a sweet kiss on the lip, right? And it's oftentimes those people that are closest to us that have a purview that we don't. So, I don't know. I'm going to be quiet. Lots to say on this subject, for <laughs> yeah, sure. That's, um, that's so, excellent points. Don't kiss me. Right. I I, you have <laughs> my word. It goes back to my, my American men have been different, um, and we need to get that rugged individualism back um, for the times ahead. You know, it reminds me of the metric system versus the imperial system. And anytime somebody spouts off about the metric system, all you got to say is, well, who was the only one that ever landed on the moon? <laughs> How many metric system using uh, countries have landed on the moon? So oh. fuck off. Boom. Um, Boom. All right. Patch Ops. What do you got, Tim? Patch Ops. PatchOps.com. We have the baddest patches, decals, and a few shirts. On the planet. Shirts. And, uh, <laughs> shirts, yeah. Come we're, on just, now. we're just starting, starting that. Um, but check us out, patchops, patchops.com, at patch operations on Instagram. We're under the uh, complete shadow ban there, so type that whole word out and you will find us. Um, at patchops on Facebook, check out our shops. Send us some messages, send us some ideas. Um, I almost always, always respond. So, uh, you do custom stuff, right? Yeah, we do custom custom patches and decals and artwork and all that. So check us out. I think you will be pleased. Um, also, check out the Honorable Man Podcast Facebook page, the thehonorablemanpodcast.com. And check out our podcast wherever podcasts can be heard. We have a local celebrity published author, absolute awesome person about to plug his podcast, Producer Bill. Oh, I was going to say who? Uh, <laughs> uh, no, well, thank you. Uh, yeah, listen, if, uh, if you haven't picked up a copy of my book and you really want one, uh, hit one of the guys up. I'll be more than happy to send you a free PDF. However, uh, if you like supporting, please, uh, there's a link below. Uh, or if you want a signed copy, I can also got, I also got a bunch here. I can sign one for you. Uh, my podcast that I do uh, every week, Flawcast, Flawcast CLE, anywhere podcasts are. We're on Rumble under Flawed Inc. Uh, we have a Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Getter, Gab, and Parlor under Flawed Inc. as well. And back to Big Daddy. So part of, a, part of doing your job is us doing this podcast because if we can help anybody out there with any of the tips and uh, stuff that we bring forward on a weekly basis, that's what it's all about. Um, The world needs honorable men, guys. It's time to get out there, step up, get involved, and be honorable. See you next week.